watch the language. So for me, I'm always like, you have a really great relationship with food. You eat the things that feel really good for your body and you stop when you're full. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Wholehearted Glow podcast. I'm really excited to share today's episode with you. Today, I sat down with Michael Sack, who is a fitness professional in Australia, and we really talked about the mission and the purpose of Wholehearted Glow Coaching and why I created this company. And it felt really great to speak about this because Sometimes I feel that on Instagram or on my website or even just in day-to-day interactions with clients, it's more challenging to get across exactly what the mission is. And so, you know, it's one of those things where it is a complex topic and really being able to delve into that as someone who was being interviewed as opposed to interviewing someone was really great. And so I hope that this podcast gives you a better idea of what we do at Wholehearted Glow Coaching and how we really are shooting for a holistic, balanced approach to personal training, nutrition coaching, yoga, meditation, and just loving yourself internally. But before we get into today's episode, I do just want to share with you an offering that I am very excited about. We have one-on-one nutrition coaching with yours truly, Blaze Collette. I am certified through Precision Nutrition, which is an accredited nutrition coaching certification here in the United States. And what we do in one-on-one nutrition coaching is we delve into the deeper challenges that you might be facing with food. A lot of times they have nothing to do with what we're intaking, but rather much to do with our stress levels and how much we're sleeping and how much we are moving our bodies. And so learning to balance all of that is very challenging. And that's what we do in one-on-one nutrition coaching. And then once we get an idea of where you're at and where you'd like to go, we create a plan and I hold you accountable to your nutrition goals, whether they be body composition based, feeling better, wanting to lose weight, to speed up your metabolism. Those are all things that we work on. And I'm really excited to share that with you. So if you are listening to this, all I want you to do is send me a DM at Wholehearted Glow Coaching, and you're just going to send me the word avocado on Instagram, and I will be glad to hook you up with a complimentary introduction discovery call. So that is for nutrition coaching one-on-one. Again, Wholehearted Glow Coaching on Instagram, and just send me the word avocado in a DM, and we'll get started on helping you reach your goals. Let's go ahead and dive right into this episode, and I really, really, really hope you enjoy it. I hope it resonates. There's also so much information in this episode about stress reduction, how to lose weight sustainably, how to reduce your cortisol levels, how to stay true to yourself, and also how to align your life with your core values. So I really hope you enjoy. And also if you are able to rate and subscribe to this podcast, that would be so great because then every time a new episode comes out, it shows up right in your inbox. Okay. Thank you so much for listening and let's get right into it. Boom. And today we have Blaze Colette. Thank you so much for jumping on. You're welcome. I'm excited to be here. Super cool. So 
tell us about yourself. What are you all about? What are you doing with yourself? So I got into the fitness industry after I graduated college because I decided that I did not want to sit at a desk and I wanted to do something active and utilize my natural high energy to help people. And I went in with a passion and and what I came out with is just more of like a more humbled understanding of the wide variety of things that we need as human beings to thrive in life. And so as I have been in the coaching and personal training and nutrition coaching space for seven or eight years, I have learned that what we need lies less on the surface and really, really digs down into what's going on internally, both within our hearts, within our bodies, and especially within our minds. And so now my focus is really on how can I show up for myself in the best way possible so I can show up the best for the people in my life, for the clients that I train, for my friends, for my family. And so it kind of started as this passion, but it's really like developed into this more holistic way that I see my life and the way that I see the lives of those around me. What do you mean by that? So I think that the fitness industry is changing a lot in the sense that it is less about aesthetic. It is less about people thinking personal training or fitness is all about bodybuilding. But there is still a mindset that in order to lose weight, we have to cut calories and we have to be really strict and we have to watch our body fat and we have to, you know, do these exact three lifts per week. And what I have found and what's really changed my body and the bodies of my clients is that we are looking within at what our internal environment looks like. And then we're making changes within to then enhance our external environment so that we're getting that holistic approach. We're looking at your stress. We're looking at what food you're putting into your body and the quality of that food. We're looking at the exercise you're doing and is it enjoyable, right? And and we're looking at your personal relationships and what the quality of those is. And then from there, we're able to create an approach that works best. And so that is the foundation of what I do in my business and the way that I see the fitness industry now, as opposed to when I came in eight years ago. A long time. (laughs) Yes. Yes. A lot of people that don't last that long. So it's really super cool. How have you been able to manage stress in your personal life? That's a great question. You know, I think it's about, I really like to go deep into these topics, but I think it's about listening to my inner child and actually giving myself grace. Our society is very like, you must do this, you must produce this, you must make this much amount of money, you must, you know, get this job, have this house, have this marriage. And what I've learned is that if I'm listening to all of that, my stress can get high very easily. Because I'm listening to other people's expectations of me. I'm listening to other ideas of what success is. And so what's really brought me to my true self And what I hope everyone can do in their own journey is like, what's going on in here? And like, how are you feeling? So I'm here saying this inner child thing. So it's the simplest question every day. I just say like, 
how are you doing place? And what do you need today? And even if that's like sleep in an extra 10 minutes, even if that's go to yoga, even if you don't want to, right? Even if that's schedule a therapy appointment, go for a run, right? Having the tools that I need and listening to my internal regulator, but then also putting that out in the world and being like, you're something's off here. And then tuning into that and then having the the wide variety of self-care practices, which takes years to cultivate those and find the ones that work for you has really allowed me to keep my stress lower than it's ever been. That's amazing. How much of an impact has your nutrition played with your stress levels? Hmm. I would say it's learning what my body needs. It has been learning what my body needs food-wise, right? Like we've talked about all these other things, but food-wise, I know what works for me because I've tried everything, right? Like I've done keto, I've done paleo, I've done vegan, I've done gluten-free, right? Like you name it, I've done it. But for me, it's consistently eating organic food. It's consistently sourcing locally when I'm able to. Right now it's winter, so it's obviously a little bit more challenging. And then really the foundations of Ayurveda, if you're familiar with Ayurveda and it's um, a holistic healing system from India, it's about 5,000 years old and it's the sister of yoga. So I also teach yoga and Ayurveda is kind of the like the forgotten sibling of this holistic wellness world. And it's having a resurgence now, but the cool thing about Ayurveda is that it connects the elements of the earth to the elements in the body. So like, if you want to feel more grounded, for example, you would eat root vegetables because they come from the ground, which is really great. So it's a very complex, but yet relatively simple system, but I'm very passionate about it. And I am excited to continue learning more. However, I find when I eat what feels good for my body and I'm able to look at my digestion as well, that's when I'm able to understand where my stress is. That's really, mm-hmm. that's really interesting. What makes you passionate specifically about Ayurveda? Yeah. <laughs> for me, it was like just a missing piece because I was like, well, I'm healthy. I, I'm eating all the right things. I'm not over here eating McDonald's, but I never felt like my digestion was great or I would get stomach aches a lot. and. So the cool thing about it is there are a lot of simple foundational things that every person can do. Like tongue scraping in the morning is one of the best ways to dispel toxins out of your body. Because when you wake up and you look at your tongue, there's all that like white stuff and it's kind of gross. And you're like, I don't really know what this is. It's your body like after sleep, taking the toxins out. So you can scrape your tongue, hot water with lemon, really increase the circulation. I drink pretty much only warm water. And that has really helped regulate my internal environment. And then eating cooked vegetables also really helps with your digestion. And so I think the reason I'm so passionate about it is because not only that helped me in my life, but I've had clients come to me and they're like, I haven't pooped in four days. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, TMI, but like try these four very simple things. And they're like, okay. And then immediately they're just like, this is crazy. Like my digestion is so regulated. And so for me, it's like, how can we go back to these simple yet consistent practices and see how our bodies respond? And that's what Ayurveda really does. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about organic food, what do you mean by that? 
I think that's a great question, especially because you're located in Australia, correct? Mm. And you guys probably have better food than us. I feel like everyone has better food in the United States. I don't know if that's true or not, but we have way too many pesticides in all of our food. (laughs) It, It depends. Australia is the most top ranking country for fat and obese people. You really? US, yeah. You in the US obese and morbidly obese. We don't have morbidly obese to people about to the metrics. I don't I don't understand it, but that's this is my understanding of it, which is wacky to think about it. And that's it, I guess. <laughs> I guess that makes me feel better because when I was traveling in Europe this past summer, I was like, their food is so much better than ours. Mm. And I eat well, you know. <laughs> In the United States, I believe that the technical definition changes depending on the place where you are because the standards of the government are different. So, for example, what's acceptable here is often not acceptable in like Italy, for example, or France because they don't allow as many pesticides. But I would say for me, I have decided and done a lot of research on the long term effects of pesticides and while organic food does have organic, less harmful pesticides, which is not great. It has less of those more toxifying chemicals that really aren't good for the body. So I try and do eat pretty much 100% organic, but you know, it's, it's also one of those things where that's just as much of an industry as conventional. So I, I do try to do that. And then I think the best way to eat the most nutritious food is to eat locally. And we have farms here in Boulder, Colorado and farmers markets. And I really try to go there as much as possible, but it is more time consuming and more expensive. So that is the biggest challenge, I would say. You talk about pesticides and the effect it's having on the body, but Mm -hmm. what's the effect that's happening in somebody's body? What's going on there? So it's a very complex question. The research that I have done, and this is a side note, but when I was in college, I studied the effects of monoculture on local towns that lived around monocultured farms. And in the United States, to tie this, to answer your question, there is a lot of monoculture that happens with soy, corn, and wheat. So If we're looking at a large scale and we're looking at these pesticides, I was studying this in Argentina when I was living down there during college. And it was so shocking and heartbreaking to see like clearly they're putting, you know, high or very high amounts of pesticides on these plants. And so what was happening is it's it's getting into the water and into the water systems. So then when the local citizens were consuming the water or consuming food or things from a farm they had grown on their own, they were seeing like lots of cancers and lots of, you know, really bad diseases happening. And so after that experience, I really started to look at the effect of pesticides in the body. And basically what it does is it's just, it's adding chemicals into the system. And so you can do chemical tests where you check your body for, okay, like, I think I'm healthy. I I think I'm organic, or I think I'm eating the right things, but often we don't really know what's in the body. And so doing those tests really helps. 
But I think when we're looking at the baseline of this, the challenge with eating these pesticides is that we don't really know what is in these chemicals exactly other than the chemical itself. And there is some research on the long-term effects of these chemicals, but it's not often done by the people that are subsidizing these larger companies. So it's not in the mainstream media that, you know, eating a loaf of bread is that bad for you because it's probably not that bad, but over the course of your entire life, you could be completely full of toxins. We can really dive or really go down a rabbit hole with mm-hmm. this, but how can someone find that balance per se without going into OCD on the details and like, where's the, where's the middle line essentially? Right. And I think that's, that's the most important part is learning that you're not perfect. You can't eat perfectly all the time and you don't have to. So I think it's having foundational principles like, okay, you know, when I'm home, I'm going to try to eat at home as much as possible. You know, if I live near a farmer's market, I'm going to try to go once a month, right? Something so small that it seems ridiculous that you wouldn't be able to do it. And having a few foundational principles about food that you stand by. For me personally, I don't eat meat. But for some people, it might be I need to eat chicken with one meal every day so I get enough protein, right? Have some sort of baseline for yourself so that if other things go out of whack, you're like, well, it's okay because, you know, I know that I have these intentional things that I do that are great for my body. I try to eat five servings of vegetables a day, whatever it may be. And then when you're consistent with those, your body starts to know that and then expect that. So I think. If anyone is listening and they're like, well, I just want to feel more balanced and more regulated. Okay, well, what will you accept into your body and what won't you accept? And then if there's, you know, things that fluctuate, like, oh, I went out to dinner, or I was traveling, those things become less of a big deal, because you're more grounded in what your principles are. You're very intuitive. You're very, very intuitive. That's exactly what you're preaching and what you're, what you're doing. When it comes to your coaching and your core values specifically, how would you rate to the, the most important thing? Or what's the most important part that you pass on to other people? Hmm. I believe that my personal core values translate directly to my business. So for me, the number one is just integrity of myself and integrity of my clients and integrity of our relationship. So I think that it's so important for anyone that you're engaging with to be authentic in who you are and also to do something because you want to have a positive impact. And sure, like that's the most cliche thing anyone's ever said, but I have personally been through times where I was doing things for money and I was doing things for the gain. And I was not thinking about the importance of the relationship. And so I know you posted the other day about community and the importance of community, especially within fitness and within, you know, wherever we're living. And that is the foundation of life. And I think I've had to really struggle with certain personal relationships or business relationships in the past to understand how important that is. And so that is the 
number one thing that I care the most about in my business and in my personal core values is can I maintain the integrity of this relationship by being true to myself and by the client or my friend or whoever it may be being true to themselves too. That's really powerful about it all. Also, it can be also tricky because it's like mm-hmm. you have this person in front of you, you want to help them, you want to be there, but also it's a constant, somewhat of a constant battle. But do you think that as well? Yes, I think that's where we would be getting into topics of empathy and compassion. And number one, how much those are lacking in our world. But number two, how can we have those things without taking on other people's problems and then almost feeling like we have some sort of baggage from what this person is saying or doing in front of us? So then that's where boundaries come into play. So it's like this, you know, whole working of interpersonal relationships. But yes, it is a challenge. How can you, how do you find compassion for yourself when it comes to your nutrition? This is a good one. And for anyone out there who has struggled with like binge eating, I have been there, especially as a woman, I think that really plagues us a lot. And I'm sure it does for men, but I have a lot of experience with working with women and binge eating. So I think the best thing is to really watch, watch the language. So for me, I'm always like, you have a really great relationship with food, you eat the things that feel really good for your body. And you stop when you're full. And it's just a simple way to, to check back in when I feel like I want to check out. Right. And so then when I do that, then I'm actually by holding myself to that really beautiful, inviting, kind and affirmative standard. I then act in that way towards myself, as opposed to being like, I'm stressed, I'm going to eat more or like, I'm not stressed. So I'm going to exert control by not eating. Right. So having that internal talk and really affirming myself that I, I can do this feed myself properly and I can eat the things I need and feel great all the time. How can you become a more aware of the self-talk? There's so many different modalities, journaling, meditation. How can someone become more aware of the self-talk? I agree. Meditation is really great, but we don't spend most of our lives in meditation unless we are monks or in Vipassana, the 10-day silent retreat that we're in in Bali. We become aware of the language we speak to ourselves when we start listening. So even if we're listening in our day-to-day life or we're listening by kind of, you know, driving in the car and just seeing like what what's going through my brain or journaling is an easy and effective way to look back. You know, I have so many journals, like I'm staring at them right now. I have about seven journals just sitting there. And so when I look back at them, I'm like, whoa, you are not talking to yourself in a healthy way. And then I can kind of go back and almost like edit it and, and rewrite that story. So I believe journaling is a great way to reflect on what's happening in here. And then also, what are we speaking out into the world? Are we saying, I can never afford that? Are we saying, I don't, I'm not like, I don't want a relationship. Are we saying, oh, well, like I'm never going to be a fucking millionaire. Right. Like what, what are we saying out? Because then our internal is, is pretty much right there with it. It goes from me in here to out to then out there to in, in here. 
So it's that constant loop, hey? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a hard one to check yourself with. I'm sure you've probably been there. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And absolutely. Yesterday was one of the, was another challenging day. And I tell myself as I got out of bed, yesterday was yesterday. Today is a new day. We move forward. That's it. Because whatever happened yesterday, there's no fucking point holding on to that stuff. Just not. <laughs> That's a good one. It, it keeps us less in the anxiety of what's coming or the anxiety of the past or feeling like we messed up and just being like, we're going to get through today <laughs> and it's going to be okay. What are you doing at the minute to work on yourself? That's a great question. Um, and I'm, I'm curious about you as well, because I believe it's always, you know, an interesting conversation within the personal development space to see what others are doing to better themselves. Right now, I'm really dedicated to going to therapy every three weeks, even though there's a lot of resistance there, just because I'm like, I don't necessarily need this. My mental health's not suffering. I feel pretty much great all the time, but there are things I know I can work on. I'm really making an effort to stay committed to that. I'm also trying to very much follow the things that actually make me happy and allow me to tap into a flow state, which is also kind of a buzzword I feel right now. But that flow state is, if you know, because you've discovered it for yourself, you know what I'm talking about. It never is going to change because it's an internal piece of who you are. So when I'm working on myself, I'm working on developing the things that I naturally am drawn to. Because I have this philosophy that if we want to better ourselves, we have to really tap into what we love because we wouldn't love it if it wasn't meant for us in some way. So that is like something I just, I believe from the very essence of my core. And even though it is hard because those things are not making me money, I'm like, it's okay because this is something I love and I'm not going to waste this gift and I'm not going to waste this passion. At the moment, what I'm doing is to work on myself. So I was at a job that that was extremely stressful. I wasn't, I wasn't mm. enjoying it. I left it. That was that go off yesterday. And that was something that was really challenging. This morning, I woke up and I felt like a weight was off my chest. But and it was fucking amazing. What else I'm doing? Obviously, I'm doing doing jujitsu and that's helped me significantly and that and that'll continue to help me as well as as well as meditation i go i go to therapy and at the minute that's what that's what i'm doing I'm trying not to hold on to the things that on my chest and trying to talk it out to somebody it doesn't matter who I'm trying to get the stuff off my chest because in the past, when I held things onto my chest, it felt like I was suffocating. It was yes. weird. It's the strangest thing, but it's like, I got this thing on my chest and you're trying to breathe through it. It's yeah. like, <laughs> it's, it's wacky how this, how this stuff works, but <laughs> that's what I'm doing. And that's what I'm doing at the minute. That's so great. I have to say that. Anytime I can see a human being, but especially a man being like, I have some shit that I need to process and deal with. And I'm going to take ownership of that. And I'm going to work on that. I'm just so impressed because I think the world needs more of that. And 
Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people can really relate to that, that feeling of suffocating. Cause I felt like I was suffocating for like two or three years. Like every day I was like, why do I always feel like I'm choking? It was really weird. So I've been there and I admire you for that, but yeah, it's, it's challenging. I think it's the stigma around men that have to suck it up or drink some cement and harden the fuck up or any of that is so long gone because for years there was no we had the stigma around it i'm like this is absolute horse crap it just doesn't work anymore and it's a matter of guys just breaking it down that barrier and actually saying hey i got shit i need to work through and let's do it (laughs) (laughs) it helps though i mean it just it really helps like everyone else in your environment when you're able to show up better it's coming back into that accountability once you've worked with someone or you continue to work with them how do they stay accountable to themselves now we're getting into behavioral change and habit change And that's a big piece of what I do with nutrition coaching, but also just general holistic coaching, which we've talked about. So how do people learn to stay accountable to themselves is I teach people to ask themselves, what do they believe that they deserve in their life? Because the biggest thing I've seen is that people don't want to invest because they don't believe they're worth personal training or even worth a yoga membership for $40 a month, right? Or eating good food and lots of vegetables. It's how can we learn what we deserve? Because when we learn that, we want to be accountable because we know we're capable of being great. It's when we're stuck in a low self-worth pattern that we don't really want to hold ourselves accountable to anything. So what I try to do is help people tap into their own worth, which is internal and non-ending in every person. So once you tap into it, it's like you find your switch and you turn it on and it never ends. And you're like, I got this. But that's the hard part because we're our own worst critics. So when we can learn to understand what we deserve and how important it is to love ourselves, we're like, yes, I will. Of course, I will be accountable because that is who I am. That's amazing. It's moving away from the discomfort. Because we're like a weekend internally be in this really uncomfortable position mm-hmm. and that can work with us or against us. But when we're moving it towards something that's more authentic, it feels better because we are wired to move away from discomfort and then to lean in. But it's a scenario that plays out essentially. Yes. And I think we have to also in your context of discomfort to tie it into accountability is like, we can't expect change if we're not willing to go there. So, right. Like, duh. But at the same time, I think our world has softened us in some ways and hardened us in others. And like, people don't want to get their fingers dirty or like get a callus on their hand. It's like, okay, well, if you're not willing to do that, then you might not see a change. So you're not willing to get that level of discomfort. So I think they say like, it's important to do one thing every day that you don't want to do, because then you kind of like start to look forward to it. And then we're getting into more like, all right, like stoicism. 
that whole thing. But yes, I, I really think that leaning into that is quite the dance that we should all practice. I absolutely love this. And your approach of coaching is incredible. And the more people are leaning in towards that, and personally I am as well, personal trainers and just these glorified cheerleaders as well as skills at our fingertips so that we can use and should use. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because like we haven't talked about really exercise or anything I've done in the exercise world the entire time. And that's great because, you know, it's cool to talk about that stuff too in specifics, but also like, wow, is there so much more than just what's at the surface and how can we tap into that so we can show up to our workouts better? Exactly. Well, we can do that in another podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the final the final question to wrap this up. If you were to go back to your 18-year-old self and give her 10 seconds of advice, what would it be? Oh, slow down and enjoy the ride. I love that. I just feel like I missed out on so much presence because I was looking at, I was looking for the next thing. Including yours, truly. <laughs> <laughs> we're in a hurry. We're in such a hurry to get to the next spot and you miss all, all the good stuff, all the highlights, all the nuggets <sighs> that keep popping up. <laughs> right? It's totally. wacky. It's like when we were 18, it's like, oh my God, I'm so excited to hit 21. You hit 21. Oh my God, I'm so excited to hit 23 and you hit 23. It's yeah. like, fuck, I don't, I don't want to go flying through life again. And you I do. Know. Yeah. And it's like, I'm about to turn 29 next week and I'm like, okay, 29 to 30, this is going to be the best year of my life and I'm going to make it be just as juicy as possible. I'm not skipping anything. I can love it. Love it. <laughs> oh, yes. Where can people find you and everything that you offer? Um, well, thank you again for having me. And I'm excited to connect with some of your peeps and your audience. Um, I am at Wholehearted Glow Coaching on Instagram. It's WH Wholehearted Glow. And then also wholeheartedglowcoaching.com. Um, I do post on there. I also have a podcast as well, where I really dive more into these topics and give you a more in-depth idea of what my style of coaching is and the success my clients have had. And then also, I really like to talk to, I'm a one-on-one -on -one person. That's all I've ever done for my career. And in addition to group fitness, but we're talking about coaching. So, you know, shoot me a DM. I pretty much respond to every single one. Um, but yeah, I just like to hear what what's up with people and what they're going through and see if, you know, us working together would be great. And if not, okay, here's another resource, right? So yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Beautiful. Blaise, thank you so much for your time and I wish you all the best with everything that you did. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening to the Wholehearted Globe podcast today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you liked what you heard, feel free to write a review. I would love, 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 love to hear from you. And if you would like to connect on Instagram, I am at wholehearted underscore glow. Lots of daily shenanigans going on there, but also like real life stuff, coaching stuff, fitness stuff. So anything you need, that is the place to contact me directly. And I will speak with you soon. Bye.